I'm Kim, and we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. 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 Debunking Donuts. Debunking <laughs> Donuts. That's our favorite brand. Sponsor us. Oh, that would be so fun. I wish that existed. <laughs> Just like... That would be a great pin, like an enamel mm-hmm. pin. Do bunk and don't. Oh my gosh, we should make those. Those that would be great as merch for us. <laughs> I like that we take every obscure joke and we're like, this would be good merch. And then I have somebody, not even a great length of time later, someone will message me a reference to something in an episode. And I'm like, what? Like peeling an onion? Yeah, well, okay, no, that one I remember. But like, I've had I've had people message me with with a, a response to something one of us said, like a one off kind of thing, or even just a, a little joke we had throughout an episode. But we did it mm-hmm. once. I don't remember. Like the wood? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I'm just like, wait, what? All the wood jokes All the- of the Mary Celeste. I think I blocked that out. <laughs> or like. Vampire rabies. That was a good one. We keep throwing back. <laughs> Call back yeah, to yeah, vampire rabies. Like I it's 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 how I feel when some of my students who I had for like a summer camp a year ago, one like two week summer camp, and they've grown a foot and like puberty's happened and they run up to me and they're like, Hey Kim, and I'm like, Hey, who are you? You it's good to <laughs> see you again. They're like, remember that thing that happened at camp? I'm like, Yeah, that thing so basically what you're saying is all of our jokes have matured to puberty and you don't recognize them anymore Uh, i do not recognize them once puberty kicks in our jokes have not matured and so kim does not recognize them (laughs) what a great analogy that was so perfect (laughs) i love that so much um so we're not here to talk about maturity or puberty today thank god uh we're we're gonna cover a topic that's got some uh legends some lore some moita maybe uh just mystery weird category okay uh this is the topic of the disembodied feet of the salish sea Mm, i love me a disembodied foot Right? Just one. Just one. Just a singular little foot with little tootsies. And but you hopefully. Oh, they already are pickled, ready to go for you in a shoe. Exactly. So let me paint you a beautiful picture, okay? So imagine that there's like the noise machine in the background with mm-hmm. waves crashing and it's nice and relaxing, okay? There's a seagull so, going. So relaxing, yes. So relaxing. <laughs> so imagine a serene. Pacific Northwest beach in the Mm. summertime, perfect weather, Mm -hmm. tons of people crowded on the one little patch of actual sand (laughs) surrounded by rocky shores because that's every (laughs) Pacific Northwest beach. Pacific Northwest beach. So you got your kids, they're playing in the water and suddenly (gasps) what looks like a shoe starts to drift up to the shore. Except it's not just a shoe. (gasps) There's a human foot (gasps) decomposing (gasps) inside that shoe. 
What a way to ruin a beach day, am I right? I mean, you know what I always think of? Uh, I think of that scene in... This is awful. I, this is what I think of when I think of disembodied feet. But you've, have you seen the original Pet Cemetery? I have not. I need to. Um, this is a spoiler alert, but it, the movie's been out for like 30 years. A long so, time. Yeah, yeah, get it together. Uh, <laughs> but there's a scene where the kid gets hit by the truck. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you which kid. It'll be a mystery. And, Great. you know, his shoe flies through the air, but it becomes apparent as it lands that the foot is still in the shoe. And like I saw that movie when I was a kid, and that that has stayed with me the entirety oh. of my life. Maybe it's because you're from the Pacific Northwest. It it's just could it's be. kind of th- those feet and those shoes like to stick around. They do. <laughs> so, feet have actually been discovered on the coasts of the islands in British Columbia and uh, on the coast of Washington, just outside of ah, our home. Seattle. <gasps> what? And Tacoma. Just, you know, the, the coastal regions of the PN dub. I hate it when you lose your foot. Right? Such a personal problem. It really is. It's Got to hop around. It's just real uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but why? I think the why is like, where, where does this come from? Where do these disembodied feet? Where's the body? Where? Who, where's the leg that it's supposed to be attached to? Where's the rest of it, right? That is, like, that is an excellent question. Where to go? Where to uh, go? And it, what, why? How did this happen? Was it another Pacific Northwest serial killer? We do have a lot of them. so many of them. Mm-hmm. Just like dumping bodies into the Puget Sound or Salish Sea or Wasteful. just the Pacific Ocean. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I would just say that. Um did they come from alien abductees? <laughs> I had to throw it in because it's too fun not to. It's like, did, was um, that an actual theory? Nope, that's my okay, theory. Okay, that's your theory. I was like, that can't be a real thing. That's got to be we'll Gabby. Get, we'll get into th- I'm going to cover an episode about something weird. I have to throw aliens it's, in somewhere. It's fair. You love your aliens. I do. I want to believe. I but know. I know you do, Mulder. As Scully likes to say, it was probably just foul play, was it? Maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? Was it a result of natural causes? There are other feet in the sea. There are so many feet in the sea. Um, (laughs) But the question still remains, why just the feet? Yeah. That's weird, right? That's super weird. Super weird. So I'm going to give a shout out really quick to a podcast called That's Weird. (laughs) um, That my friend Ashley... um, was on for a very long time that was her podcast and it's funny because i hit her up to be like hey (laughs) this seems like something that's up your alley have you ever covered (laughs) this topic she's like that was the first topic we ever did (laughs) i was like really excited to tell me about it and she actually she and her podcast partner um recovered it after taking some shots on their like anniversary episode and so it's like an intoxicated covering of it which is very funny um and well researched Props to Ashley on that one. But I had to share with her and the podcast, That's Weird. It no longer is running, but it's great. So if you like what we do, there's a plug for That's Weird. Um, So let's talk discoveries about this weird, so many feet in the sea situation. So the first discovery-ish, I'm going to air quotes first, um, was on August 20th, 2007. It was on Jedediah Island in British Columbia. I love the name Jedediah. It's so religious to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
A girl visiting from Washington discovered a size 12 blue and white Adidas shoe on the beach. Hmm. Within it, there was a sock. Within that sock, there was a man's right foot. Less than a week later, a second foot appeared on nearby Gabriola Island, but it was another right foot. <laughs> it's got two right feet. Hmm. Um with a different type of shoe. So clearly this was not a matching pair. And the police were just really confused. They were like, wait, what? What? <laughs> why are their feet? <laughs> not just why are their feet? Why are there two right ones? And why are they in different shoes? This is weird. Right? Because they're different feet. Like within one week, though, that that's is weird. weird. No, that's that's again. I would I would think like serial killer. <laughs> right. So this is a quote from uh, Gary Cox of the Royal, also what a name, Gary Cox, um, of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Oh, buddy. He said in the Vancouver Sun. He was a Mounted being... Cox. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. That was just chef's kiss. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Thank you, Kim. I was like, it was just sitting there. Mounted. Mounted. It's like, is Gabby not going to pick that up? I've got to. So, well, you definitely picked up the cocks. So thank you for that. <laughs> so I've been told. So anyway. anyway uh, the mounted cocks said. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even say it. <sighs> okay. He said, two being found in such a short period of time is quite suspicious. Finding one foot is like. A million to one odds, but finding two is crazy. I've heard of dancers with two left feet, but come on. <laughs> that shouldn't be as funny as this. I do have some good quotes in here for you. So, Oh, man. <clears throat> so I'll also just say really quickly before I get further into this. It's really hard not to joke about this kind of stuff because it is wild and funny. Mm -hmm. There is some it's a tragedy. It's a sad, sad reasoning why, which we'll get to in a bit. So I'm not making light of any of these people who have passed. I right. just will say this right now. But when you have a mounted cocks and some random feet, you can't not make jokes. So just take it with a grain of salt and uh, put your best foot forward. You know what I mean? Take it with a mounted cock. <laughs> Wow. You know, I feel like now we need another enamel pin of like a saddle <laughs> with the word COX on it. Because he's, yeah, mounted, he's mounted. <laughs> Can't. Anyway. So what's really nuts is as of this year, 2023, mm -hmm. more than 20 feet have been found Damn. in British Columbia. Yeah. And in Washington. So, but like just in this vicinity. That's weird. So, it's super weird. We're just going to keep saying that's weird and shout out Ashley's podcast. But like, <laughs> it is very weird. Um, and in case you're wondering, which I know, Kim, you're wondering, so Always. I have to tell you, uh, some of the feet that were found were actually matching paired oh. or matching pairs. And it's honestly kind of impressive that like you found two feet that go together, but separately in the ocean. Like, <laughs> were any of the feet ever found at the same time or was there always a time no. difference? Oh, weird. Always a time difference and always in a different place, which we'll get to in a sec. Which is also why it's kind of nuts that like the pairs were found. So mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Okay. But according to National Geographic, almost all of the Salish Sea feet were wearing tennis shoes. Hmm. But some of them were like hiking boot shoes. Okay. So 
what's interesting too is it's this wasn't just isolated this type of incident to the last 26-ish years. There's actually been feet washing up on the shores ever since 1887. Oh, what? That's like a long time ago. That's like a vampire serial killer. <laughs> if there are them, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Rabies. Um, in 1887, police found a severed leg in a knee-high boot in the woods of False Creek a narrow inlet separating downtown Vancouver and the West End. It was actually believed that the leg belonged to a man that had gone missing in recent days and that the leg was all that remained of an encounter with a local cougar. Ooh. Now, Kim, you're going to ask, was there evidence of a cougar? Or um, is that this guy? Was this guy the one that they thought that was missing? How, how did they know? How did they yeah, know? No. I don't know. Oh. Nope. It was just assumed. And we're, we're um, sure that this was not an encounter with known cougar Courtney Cox related to the mounted Cox. In 1887? In don't think either of them were around. So, listen, I needed to commit to the bit. Gabby, I needed to commit to the bit. Are they vampires? Then you'd yes. really commit to it. Yes. Okay. Fair. Yes. Well done. All right. Yes. And yes. Okay. But the incident did lead to the place of discovery being named Leg in Boot Square, which is such a unique name. These people are so creative. creative. Very Mm -hmm. creative. Yes. Good job. High five. Also, like, I love that it's like hyphenated. (laughs) Leg in boot is hyphenated. (laughs) Um, Just chef's kiss. Thank you. Uh, Anywho, on July 30th, 1914... The Vancouver Sun reported that visitors from Kimsquit, I probably mispronounced that, reported a human leg in a high boot found on a beach near the Salmon River, which is also known as the Dean River. At the time, it was thought that the remains came from a man who had drowned at the river the previous summer. Mm, Okay. So these are older, but those are the only two that I could find that were pre-modern times. Okay. So fast forward to the more modern days after the 2007 discovery. There's quite a few. I'm going to be talking about some that were solved, some that were unsolved, and we'll talk more about that later. But I just want to get out the list of the feats. So we're going to list the feats now. Okay. So on February 8th, 2008, a size 11 Nike right shoe washed up on the shore of Valdez Island in Canada. Uh, The remains were found to be that of a 21-year-old man who had been missing for four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Four years. They find his Mm. foot four years later. That's wild. May 22nd, 2008. A woman's right foot was found off of Kirkland Island, Canada. Mm -hmm. Also on Kirkland Island in 2011, there was a... New Balance that was blue and white that was found belonging to a woman who jumped off uh, a local bridge in 2004. Sad, but it's around for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, In, and I know that's kind of like, that's 2011. I'm going to go back to 2008, but I just wanted to mention Kirkland Island because it happened twice in that area. Okay. Um, June 16th, 2008, a man's left foot was found floating in water on uh, West Ham Island in Canada. This actually happened to be the matching foot to the one that was discovered at Valdez Island just a few months prior. So So you asked, were they found together? 
sure we're not. Nope. Um, but they match, which is nuts. Kind of crazy. On August 1st, 2008, a male right foot in a black high top was found in Psht. Uh, in tight. <laughs> P-Y-S-H-T, Washington. <laughs> but it just sounds like you're saying Psht. <laughs> Scoff. Psht. Uh, apparently it's a place and it's in Washington in our state. And this was actually the first discovery in Washington was in 2008. On November 11th, 2008, a woman's left foot was found floating in the Fraser River and ended up being a genetic match to the one found in Kirkland Island later, um, mm, okay. which is another match. But years later in a different uh, area. Kind of nuts. So weird. Right? So weird. So if you're keeping track at this point, we have seven feet so far and two pairs are matched. That's huh. a lot of feet. And that's really weird. Um, October 7th, 2009, uh, in Richmond, Canada, there was a male right foot size 9.5 shoe discovered and foot in the shoe discovered as a man who had been missing since January of 2008. So this guy had been missing for like a year and a half and change more than that, like almost two years. This guy had been missing. Hmm. Um, December 5th, 2010, Tacoma. We're getting closer to home. Uh, this one's actually quite sad. Um, there was a boy's size six right Ozark oh. hiking boot that was assumed to belong to a small adult that was discovered, but it was mm. never identified. Mm. Very sad. November 4th, 2011, at Sassamat Lake. What a name. Uh, in Canada, there was a group of campers, uh, just, you know, camping, and they discovered a man's size 12 right foot in a hiking boot just floating in a pool of water. Hmm. Not something they teach you in Boy Scouts, you know? Uh, not typically, no. No. <laughs> what do you do when you find a foot? I feel I mean... like they should add that. We should add that somewhere. <laughs> like, what to do in life. It seems like it's happening frequently enough around here. They should at least add it here. Hold on to that thought. We'll get come back to that in a little bit. Mm, okay. All right. So December 10th, 2011, mm -hmm. in Seattle, Lake Union. Ooh. I live right next to it. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a human leg bone and foot in a black plastic bag found <laughs> under a ship canal bridge. Yeah, that's normal. Okay. Let's let's think about this for a second. It's got to okay. weigh it down better so that doesn't happen. What about black plastic bag does not scream serial killer or murder, at least like in the slightest, like somebody did something. What did they go grocery shopping during Halloween time and then just like see that and go, wow, that would be a great decoration. I'm going to take it home with my groceries and then just put it in the bag and be like, whoops, that's a real foot. I'm going to toss it in the lake. Like yes. how what? why paging dexter morgan paging dexter morgan what's extra wild is it was never identified and there was never oh. a cause of death uh i feel like i could tell them part of the cause of death <laughs> was it dismemberment <laughs> hold on to that thought that contributes to cause of death where's the rest of the body is the question uh, presumably lake union <laughs> uh, I, that would be the most common sense moment right <laughs> So January 26, 2012, in Vancouver, Canada, we're back at Vancouver, 
right next to a maritime museum at a dog park, there were bones found in a boot. Bones in the boot. Uh, who the found boot. the bones is my question. Was it uh, people or dogs? Because dogs love a good bone. You know what I mean? And uh, a boot. And a boot. Oh, my God. Spooky loves a boot. It, <laughs> God forbid I have slippers. He will steal it and run away from me. So I guess I got to look out for my feet. Maybe he's going to attack me when I'm wearing boots next time and chew my ankle off and just like run away with my dismembered foot in a boot. <laughs> and then our next episode can be dedicated to you. And I'll just be hopping around, having a good time, you know? <laughs> Anywho, moving on. May 6, 2014. Centennial Park, Seattle, which is also not far from me. <laughs> mm. uh, there was a size 10 men's white New Balance shoe found with a left foot inside of it. Mm. February 7th, 2016, two unidentified feet washed up on the botanical beach on the west coast of Vancouver Island. In late 2017, someone found a tibia and fibula still attached to the foot wearing a black Velcro athletic shoe off a different beach in British Columbia. Mm. It was determined that the foot belonged to Stanley K. Akumato, who had gone missing in September 2017 at age mm. 79. Oh, geez. So only a couple months that he was missing until they found that. Mm-hmm. In 2018, a man found a lone hiking boot with a right foot inside wedged between logs on Gabriola Island near Vancouver. And on New Year's Day 2019, beachgoers on Jetty Island in Everett, Washington, hey. called police to report a boot with a human foot inside, which the coroner was able to match to Antonio Neal, who was missing since December 12, 2016. So missing mm. for three years, they found this guy's foot. There was even a report this year. This year is the most recent one on a beach or a foot found on a beach in British Columbia in July of this year. So just five months ago. So it's still happening. It's which still is like, happening. It's not stopped. Like, that's wild that it's just happened recently. And I, I've, I know I've probably left a couple of feet out, but truly. <laughs> Sorry. For all those who have a foot fetish, you're welcome. Um, but like this is, there's probably a few I left out. I didn't want to bore you to death with too many feet, you know? Um, Nothing but, worse. Right? Especially if you don't like them. Um, <laughs> but where did all of these feet come from? And why were they washing up on all of these shores? So we're going to talk theories now. So in an article from the Toronto Star in 2008, Speculation ranges from natural disasters like the tsunami of 2004 in Japan um, mm. to the work of drug dealers, yeah. serial killers, which hey. that's what my brain would think the first time, right? That's mm -hmm. you even said it. Even human trafficking was one of the, the thoughts, which is not great no and can you even mention that there was a theory that it was the smiley face killer well no it's it's uh it's sometimes like kind of paired with that when people are talking about like serial killers or collectives of serial killers mm -hmm. uh, it is i've heard it on occasion paired with the the story and and not and it's hard too because there is more than one smiley face killer and it's not like one person yeah well no i mean like yeah yeah the the so the, there's the the smiley face um 
murder theory versus Robert Lee Yates, who was the smiley face killer, who was a a serial killer. um, And uh, it gets a little confusing. (laughs) Understandably, I would be confused. But anyway, yeah, that's a whole not, other episode. But yeah. why not throw this mystery in with that too, right? Because mm-hmm. it's fun. Let's do it. All right. So it could possibly be that too. Who knows? Um, I mean, we know. I'll tell you in a second. Right. right. <laughs> um, some thought it was due to a plane crash off Quadra Island three years ago with five men aboard. Only one of the bodies had been found up until that point. Other theorists believe that the coastline was being used as a body dump for organized crime activity and that the mafia was disposing of bodies in the classic sleeping with the fishes manner. Mm. I just the idea of that just makes me think of so many mafia movies and be like, yeah, Uh, that could happen. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Others suggested that they came from this is sad drowned migrants. Mm. But the media is going to media, as we've always known the media to do. Um, And after five of the 20 feet were discovered, uh, media started to pick up pretty avidly. Mm. So here's a quote for you. People were just consumed by that story. It seemed on the surface that something sinister might be happening. This Mm -hmm. idea that there could be some shadowy figure out there responsible for all these individual missing feet turning up all over the place. This was said by Laura Palmer, hey. host, host and producer of the podcast Island Crime, and she was a current affairs producer at CBC in Vancouver when feet started to get discovered in 2007. So mm. just to clarify, not Laura Palmer, who's dead in Twin Peaks. just And also fictional. <laughs> not real. <laughs> but hey, they're in the right neighborhood, you know? <laughs> true, true. Also, what it would be like to have the name Laura Palmer, like as a real person, and like only be referred to as the Twin Peaks character. That I mean, would be I'm assuming wild. that that she was born prior to Twin Peaks, so her yeah, parents had no sense. idea. Because otherwise, that's just kind of mean. And also, that just sucks. <laughs> it's. I mean, that just that feels unnecessary. <laughs> I just love the detail that I was like, I know that name. Uh, But anyway, I digress. Um, So the story didn't only stay local, though. It started to gain international media attention because this was a fun story for people. They were like, what is going on? The whispers of what was going on started to spread outside of the local area. Uh So you have the Melbourne Herald Sun, the Guardian, and the Cape Times in South Africa. All covered stories on the feet, which was an alleged air quotes, morbid fascination, which I'm like, yeah, no, no shit. That's why I'm covering this. Like, exactly. Why are we here? But it was even talked about. I'd love this. I tried to find this. I couldn't find it. Maybe Kim can look and find it because Kim's so good at finding things. Now, now I'm um, on it. Okay. What am I looking uh, for? The late night talk show with David Letterman. He questioned two Canadians in the audience about the feet. Because they were Canadian. So I, the reason I think why it's so hard to find is because it's not like a guest that you search. And mm. I don't know which episode or what year it came out. It's just something from the late night show with David Letterman where he was like questioning audience members. Okay. I'm going to see what I can do. 
if we can't, that's okay too. But I just think it's funny that he talked about it on the late night show. Like uh, th- that became that much a part of the culture mm-hmm. and like talking about it on the media. Yeah, like that's how big it was. And that's national. That's like all over. So anywho, there was just so much hype about all of this that someone people decided to like pull pranks, which I'm trying to be respectful in my reaction to the pranks. Right. But also it's very funny and I would laugh very hard if I were to discover this. So um preface it by saying that. So Okay. <laughs> someone planted a fake foot to be discovered. Uh, it was taken seriously enough though by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police I mean as it should and they investigated it Mm. on June 18th 2008 which is my birthday uh, an alleged human foot was discovered on Tai Spit near Campbell River on Vancouver Island Okay, it was really just a skeletonized animal paw in a sock Mm. with some seaweed shoved in a shoe lord like what a prank to pull on like family can you imagine like no that's that's awful i would have been that kid though like i would have done that to my parents just to like stress them out because it would be funny to see my mom freak out um but like also very messed up but i guess that's my brain so whatever that's why we're here um but it also didn't stop there Others caught on to this nasty prank, and in Vancouver in 2011, after an actual 11th foot was just found on August 31st, Uh. there were several running shoes containing raw meat washed up on the shore of Oak Beach, British Columbia. So someone Uh. shoved raw meat into a bunch of shoes. Yeah, that's awful. That's gross. I wouldn't do that. But, like, also, could you imagine being the police going to this case? Like, they would probably be like, hey, who's punking us now? Because, like, the concept of finding a foot in a shoe just in general alone without, like, the meat joke, but, like, Uh just in in life is nuts enough that now people are messing with them and planting them? Yeah. I had a really bad joke in here, and you're going to hate it, but I'm still going to say it. Okay. <laughs> Is it cake? Yeah. <laughs> or human remains? Okay, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> so now we're getting to the part where we're like, okay, well, it has to have a more logical explanation than just serial killer or any of the above theories that we talked uh-huh. about, right? Like, Scully's going to Scully. So Scully's going to Scully. Here we are. So it's... Easy to believe that something morbid and sinister could be the cause of these feet findings. Um, The scientists and health officials involved have scullied the molder in this one. Uh They've concluded that these orifices are not the handiwork of a serial killer or the (gasps) remains of plane crash victims. Mm, Okay. Sorry to burst your bubble, guys. (laughs) Not a serial killer. Serial killer? That would I'm be crushed. such a good name. Right. The di- disembodied foot killer. But that just means that they would kill feet, so that doesn't make sense. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> so the human feet have actually been periodically deposited on the shores of the Salish Sea due to a variety of things that happened simultaneously. A perfect storm, if you will, okay. of innocent scientific phenomena. Sure. So officials on both the U.S. and Canadian sides of the border don't really take it that seriously they're pretty blasé about it and 
it's because there's this logical explanation, right? So as much as we don't want to think about how many corpses are in bodies of water. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're there. <laughs> we've already talked about Lake Crescent before. We have. And now we're talking about a larger body of water, the uh-huh. ocean. Uh-huh. And specifically in this area, too. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which, let's talk about this location so we can give those who are not from the Pacific Northwest a little bit of a better idea about the understanding of this vicinity. OK, so mm-hmm. it's important to know the area of the Sailor Sea and understand its surroundings to really wrap your head around these feet. Vancouver alone is home to eight significant bridges that span mm. over three significant bodies of water. Mm-hmm. With three major waterways running through Vancouver alone, we have the Fraser River, False Creek, and the Bird Inlet. There's plenty of entry points for human remains to be pushed out to sea only to later resurface, whether it's due to an accident, suicide, what have you. The feet likely came from the waterways as they emptied into the ocean due to the natural barrier that Vancouver Island and the accompanying landmasses create. So the Puget Sound creates a, quote, net surface water flow outward into the Strait of Juan de Fuca and the Pacific Ocean. So that gives you a bit of an idea of how the waters flow in that vicinity, right? So then you have to think about the currents. So the water currents prevent foreign and fragile objects from coming in from the ocean, but explains how the abundance of body parts might be turning up on the shores because they don't really go all the way out far into the ocean. They stay in that little vicinity. So body parts wash out into the sound between the islands and end up trapped there where they decompose and then get washed up on shore. So that's why they kind of get trapped. It's this perfect little area. It's like the Puget mm-hmm. Sound is surrounded by islands. So there's it's a different type of ocean than the Pacific Ocean, right? It's a similar sure. concept. Mm-hmm. And then you have to consider the nature of the area. And Kathy Taylor, she was a former or she is a former forensic anthropologist at the King County Medical Examiner's Office. Okay. So for those of you who don't know king county is includes seattle tacoma on the coast of puget sound um she told vox in 2017 that this phenomena of the feet is also due to having a densely populated area on the coast so you put two and two together and you get four you know sure the metro area along the shores of the salish sea is home to more than 8.7 million people it's a lot of people Uh, that's a that's a fair amount and suicides and drowning are unfortunately mm. more common when people gather around any body of water. Mm-hmm. Um, and when populations increase, what happens? Cases go. Yeah, go up. up. Mm-hmm. And the cases of dead bodies in the water also go up. Mm. So this makes me question the East Coast. So this is kind of like a little sidebar. But like. I understand that the Pacific Northwest has a lot of depressed people and a lot of like cold, dark weather and access to bridges and water. Not the best combination, but like there are other very densely populated areas that are near water, like New York, for example, or Los Angeles, like large cities. Right. And like, why have there not been any cases reported around there? Like, that's what my first thought was. It's like, well, why Why just here? Like, this doesn't make sense. What do you think, Kim? Do you, do you think there are cases like that? 
I mean, not specifically feet. (laughs) (laughs) You you Um, make a valid point. Like I I, uh, have absolutely heard about bodies, body parts um, floating up in, in other water towns, water cities. And I mean, again, you also have a number of, of serial killers who, I mean, like the, we covered one, the torso killer who would, would dump a lot of, of bodies in the water. Um, but it's, it's the feet specifically that seem to be weird, weird, just, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I can think of times of bodies being found, body parts being found, even when I was living in New York, but not a whole ton of feet. It's funny you say that because places like New York City regularly deal with fishing for floating corpses in the springtime as water Mm -hmm. temperatures rise. Oh, I remember. But I didn't find anything about feet. So, like, you're right. You're 100% right about that. And um, Parker McCready, an oceanographer professor at the University of Washington, said that the reasoning why the Pacific Northwest has seen so much of these feet is because of wind. So things that float at the ocean surface move with the currents, but are also pushed a bit by the wind. And this can be significant in getting them to shore. The prevailing winds around the Salish Sea are west to east. And so floating stuff in this part of the Pacific gets blown to the coast effectively. Okay. Science. Science. Scully's gonna scully. Scully's gonna scully. But there's another explanation, and that's a change in the footwear industry. So we're gonna talk shiz. Let's get some shiz. Let's get some shows. So this is a quote from coroner Barb McClintic. Love that name. Uh, She said, we pretty... Well, think we know what happened in every case, (laughs) she told the National Post in 2016. She said there's none that have any suggestion of homicide. In every case, there is an alternative, very reasonable explanation. Okay. When a body from an accident or a suicide is out at sea and sinks to the bottom of the ocean, it is quickly scavenged. So scavengers, like crustaceans, are a little lazy. And they prefer to just go for the soft, fleshy parts of the body other than the, like, harder parts, right? So it tracks. Yeah, on humans. But I also think it's funny that they're labeling crustaceans as lazy. (laughs) It's a separate Mm. rabbit hole. Uh, But on humans, the soft parts include areas like ankles, which are really soft tissue and ligaments. It doesn't have a ton of hard bone there. Um, so when it's that gets chewed away, the foot detaches and pretty quickly this happens before things can start to decompose. Mm. Um, I so, guess that makes sense. Yeah. So if bodies go down a hole, the feet are detached by the scavengers. Mm-hmm. And as for why the phenomena didn't really happen until 2007, though, there's sparse instances of feet washing up for this, like we talked about. Uh, That's where the sneaker design comes in. So since the year 2000, fun facts, Uh tennis shoes have generally been made of lighter foam than any tennis shoe pre-Dracula 2000. I had to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And they often have soles that contain air pockets. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, think of it as like a lace-up flotation device for the Tootsies, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So this is a quote from our friend McClintic, Barb. It didn't really come up until we had running shoes that floated so well, before they Uh just stayed down there at the bottom of the ocean. The rest of the body would just disarticulate. 
it will just decompose. It'll separate that the foot, that foot from the rest of the body. Hmm. Um, Gail Anderson said this. She's the co-director of the Center for Forensic Research at Simon Fraser University in BC, mm-hmm. British Columbia. So it's common to see hands and feet disconnect from corpses after marinating in the ocean for a bit. And the sock and the foot in the shoe will likely keep it together like a floating flotation device. Okay. So That's Gail Anderson. Oh, sorry. Bonkers. No, right? it's just that it's it's just it's just bonkers. It's just nuts. It's crazy. It's true. So um, Gail Anderson said, notice there are no feet washing ashore in stiletto heels or flip flops. Also, today's running shoes are much, much more buoyant than in the past. Um, so as we said, tennis shoes act as a perfect protective layer for decaying feet. Mm. It protects the feet from those hungry sea creatures eager mm-hmm. to gnaw on human remains in the deep. Now, here's where we get into some, I had a deep dive, pun intended, uh, <laughs> on this one for a bit because I just thought this was really fascinating. Anthropods will skeletonize and disarticulate a body quite quickly depending on oceanic conditions. Those bottom feeders prefer softer tissues to the body like the ankle area. And in 2007, Simon Fraser University did research for the Canadian police on body decomposition. And the research was done in the exact area where the feet were found. It showed that deep-dwelling fish, shrimp, and crustaceans could reduce a corpse to a skeleton in under four days. Oh, jeez. Four days. That's so fast. That's That's insane. And they called them lazy? (laughs) These are very ambitious crustaceans, you know? That's a good band name. Ambitious crustaceans. Ambitious crustaceans. Say that 10 times fast. Wow. I feel like that's just like the main picture of that is Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anywho, when a body sinks, these hungry hippos, no, not really hungry fishies, go wild on the body. The feet and the tennis shoes are protected and then the feet are then separated from the body due to said scavenging. So the feet in these modern buoyant tennis shoes end up floating up to the surface, drift onto the beach and ruin Sally Sue's perfect beach day. And that's how it happens. But how do we know who they belong to? That's another question. So of the many feet discovered, very few have been able to be matched to an identity. So I know I mentioned some already. Mm -hmm. But while some of the feet haven't been identified, those that have were found to belong to people who went missing due to likely attempts on their own lives, which is super sad. When the feet are discovered, they can't always successfully be tested for DNA, um, as the DNA is often too damaged to even be tested from the time spent in salt water. Uh. Other things that are also damaged are things like identifying marks, like tattoos or scars. They're pretty impossible to locate, especially because they're not often on a foot, you know? Um, Occasionally they are, but even then there's a lot of decomposition that's already set in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, A lot, but usually what's only left is like flesh and bone and that's about it. Not like a full solid foot. As investigators try to solve missing persons cases with some of the feet that have shown up, some are advocating for shoe size to be included in standard missing persons reports. That's actually not a bad idea. Right. Which could ultimately like help identify the next foot. Or missing person, you know? (laughs) And in the past few years, more than 20 men in the Vancouver area have unfortunately gone missing. 
their disappearances have never been accounted for despite pleas from families for information, which is really sad. Yeah. And recently, the family of two of these men offered rewards, pleading for information on the whereabouts for Gregory Sear, 40, who vanished October 2003, and Ron Carlo, 37, who disappeared in June 2007. Um, In December 2017, the British Columbia Coroner's uh, Service officially stated that foul play had been ruled out by authorities in all investigations and that the feet came from people who died either in accidents or by suicide and Mm. the feet detached during the normal decomposition process. Mm. So, I mean, for those that were missing and not know if that's a foot of their family member, at least they could have some solace of it wasn't a serial killer or, you know, so Mm -hmm. there's that. Now, what's interesting, too, is in British Columbia, 13 out of the 15 feet have been identified, which is pretty good. Um, Many of those positively identified have had their names redacted, though, due to their potential cause of death and due to involvement with mental disorders, things like schizophrenia, depression um, that could cause suicidal tendencies. Through DNA analysis, a left foot... um, that was found on the shore of West Vancouver, BC in September, 2018 was identified as a man who went missing earlier that year who had had depression Mm. in the U S one of the pairs of new balances found belonging to a woman who took her life by jumping off a bridge. I mentioned her earlier. Um, The initial right foot found at Jedediah Island was linked to a man who had been missing since 2004 and also had been suffering from depression. Mm. The foot found in November 2011 was matched to a local fisherman who had been missing since 1987. Oh, jeez. 1987. That's bonkers. found 2011. Hmm. That's nuts. That's, that's just nuts. Now, in all three of the last cases that I mentioned, the pair to the, to the foot that was found was also mm-hmm. found. So it was six total found for those three cases just at different times. Uh. So they had matching pairs. But why so many in a short time, too? Like, that seems odd. Like, all of a sudden, for there to just be foot, 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 foot. (laughs) Foot, 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 foot. That should just be our hashtag for this one. Foot, 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 foot. You're welcome. It sounds like a vocal warm up. I'd start doing that with my students and they'd have no idea. And foot, 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 And foot, 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 foot. Disembodied. Sounds like little fart sounds when you do it like that. It's really. It's like, it's what is it? Like boots and cats. You got to do that. Oh my God. We're horrible people. Anywho. Reeling the foot back in. Okay. (laughs) So why are there so many in such a short period of time? It's weird. Mm -hmm. So it seems odd that they've all showed up in this like 20 year span ish, right? So this might be attributed to actually human behavior rather than an increase in bodies. Okay. Which I found to be really fascinating. So there's this uh, term in economics that refers uh-huh. to a phenomenon where people expect poor things from the economy, like rising prices. So in turn, they spend less money, which then as a result makes the economy take a downward turn due to the fact that they're not spending money based on expectations. It's like a vicious mm-hmm. cycle. Mm-hmm. So as the media first reported these disembodied feet, 
people were alerted to the possibility that shoes near water might be more than just shoes. So what did people do? They start looking in these shoes and going to places where they think they might find shoes that also have feet in them where people might not have looked before, which then leads to them finding more feet, right? So it increases the amount of reports. And had they not been exposed to the media and the outbreak of the conversation of where are these feet coming from, they probably wouldn't have found as many feet as they did. Sure. Yeah. So makes sense. Right. And I feel like it's it's like a classic case of a lot of things that we talk about with media involvement of Mm -hmm. like things get blown out of proportion and the the game of telephone happens for certain stories Mm -hmm. or like it's very easy to look at this without deep diving and say, wow, that's a lot of feet to show up. Why? That's weird. It's a serial killer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So, in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion, Kim, what do you think before I give you my conclusion? What, uh, what's your logic behind all this, Scully? Or do you just agree with all of it because I scullied the hell out of it already? I mean, it, it sounds like just a series of unfortunate events and uh, weird things in the universe that have culminated in feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> like... But yeah, it, it it doesn't sound like, again, bizarre, like many things in the universe in our world can be, stuff that you wouldn't expect, stuff that, that you almost want the solution to be something more macabre because that feels simpler in a lot mm-hmm. of ways to just mm-hmm. say, well, it was a killer because a killer is one thing. But no, I think, I think the science holds. I think it's, it's, I think you scullied it real well. Oh, thanks. I got a good scully from a scully. Wow. Pat on the back. (laughs) But I also think, too, sometimes it can be a couple of things. It can Mm -hmm. be scarier to not know what happened. Mm -hmm. It can be scarier to assume the worst. Absolutely. And it can also be a better story. Oh, absolutely. It can perpetuate more misinformation. (laughs) So you talk about that a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. but the Salish Sea mystery of the disembodied feet may not be as ominous and shocking as it once was when feet first started floating up onto the shores, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it also doesn't mean this is the last time we're going to see feet on shore. Very true. Very true. After all, there just was one this July (laughs) that floated up. It came floating out there. That would also make a really funny birthday cake if someone like, oh, my God, do I need to make a cake? That's a f- oh. no, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm going to just put that away in the back. When of it's still when it's still happening. No, you don't. OK, fair. But also it would be funny. Is it cake? Yes, it's cake. It's, do 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 Frankenstein's head or something. But OK, fair. It's 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 uh that's, that's skirting, skirting that taste line <laughs> skirting that taste pun intended because it's cake because um, it's cake but it also i think to your point it doesn't take away that this is a tragic story like mm-hmm. or a tragic circumstance phenomena fill in the blank whatever you want it to be i think it's it's something that is sad this is at the you know the result of accidents or people that have taken their own lives. Well, and because um, their their families aren't taking it lightly. No, and I think that's and they're not even reporting people's names. Like yeah. I feel like that says a lot in itself. When mm-hmm. I can't find names because they are chosen to not be reported yeah. because of the circumstance. Yeah. 
But I will say this, the understanding gained from all of these feet might be enough to help ease investigations in the future and Mm. give people an arrow to say, well, it could be this and uh, have a sigh of relief that it's not actually homicide, you know, which isn't always how it turns out. And here's a quote. You don't get to have too many happy stories if you are in the coroner's service, said British Mm. Columbia Coroner's Service spokeswoman Barb McClintock, our friend Barb, noting that the identification of the feet provided closure to many missing people's families. Mm -hmm. This is about as happy as it gets. It's well said. So the Salish sea feet are not the work of a serial killer, but of crabs and crustaceans. And lobsters, whatever you want to call them. So for now, we'll put natural causes, natural causes, but of natural causes, including crustaceans. Um, So for now, we will put our best foot forward, knowing that when you look for shoes on the beach, don't be shocked when you find a decomposing foot inside. When you go looking for them, (laughs) when you go looking for them. They might happen. <laughs> they they will. <laughs> if you build it, they will come, you know? Hey. <laughs> True. <laughs> and that's the story of the decomposing, uh, disembodied feet of the Salish Sea. Yes. This is very weird. Very weird. And this brings us to... since we've talked about what we've been watching what are you watching i know because i was looking at my stuff and i was like have i already talked about this did i did i talk and i even keep a list and yet it's not on my list but i could have sworn i but i maybe i talked about this on another podcast we also could have talked as people and not on the podcast we do that sometimes (laughs) did i talk about it's a wonderful knife no okay so because i have i have so many things i've seen since we last spoke one of them was the movie it's a wonderful knife and great i went name. and saw it great name i saw it in theaters it is now streaming on shutter and basically it's like what would it's a wonderful life be like if you threw in a mass killer <laughs> if you threw in a knife <laughs> well so the premise of it is that this teenage girl a year prior um there was this horrible uh attack in town a a mass killer killed a a bunch of teenagers including her best friend and she's had a really tough time since then in the past year and so that christmas eve she makes a wish on a star and she was the one bt dub she was the one that defeated the killer oh nice so she makes a wish on a star but what if i was never born Oh, and much no. like in It's a Wonderful Life, her wish is granted. Unfortunately, because she defeated this killer a year ago, if she was never born, you know what didn't happen? The killer didn't get defeated. The killer didn't get defeated. And so uh, she has to basically try to, to undo it. And it's, it's just it's fun. It's just a really fun. It's not taking itself seriously. Um, it's silly. It knows what it is. But if you want just kind of a... A no brain good time of a of a, a holiday movie that's also got great queer representation. Yay nice. for queer holiday horror. Uh check out It's a Wonderful Knife. Um I also man, I I have seen so many things. Um I saw Next Goal Wins. 
which is um, Taika Waititi's newest movie oh, about cool. uh, the worst football team football. Oh, I heard European about that. Football. Yeah. And I mean, I loved it. Um, I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's become, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Taika Waititi's. Like I obviously are flagging Duh. staff, but I, but I like, I like his movies. Um, what we do in shadows and, and boy and all, you know, I, I enjoy him as a filmmaker. Um, and I really enjoy it. I thought it was a really good time. I thought it was really funny. The cast is fantastic. Nice. Uh, so I saw it in theaters, but I'm sure it's going to be streaming soon. Uh, but yeah, those are, I mean, I, again, there's so many things I've been watching. <laughs> well, we didn't record for a long time. So we, the, the last time we recorded, it was like, I have nothing to say because we just recorded two days ago. <laughs> we recorded like back to back. Yeah. We yeah. recorded real, cause we were trying to, we had to, to schedule it out fuss with Thanksgiving and we're still fussing with Christmas cause holidays, Yay, holidays. <laughs> That's true. Excuse me. Oh, don't holidays. die. Yay. Holidays. Don't die. Uh, nice. I have mm-hmm. not been watching as much because I've just been really busy. Been busy. Um, but something I actually watched for the second time and is worth talking about because we haven't talked about it in a long time, um, was I rewatched, uh, season one of Mindhunter. Um, Mm -hmm. which is so good. Um, Mm -hmm. and mainly because I needed something to do with my parents when they were in town for Thanksgiving. And I've been trying to get my stepdad to watch Mindhunter because he's a psychologist and works with fire people in Mm -hmm. the LA Mm -hmm. area. And like the humor in Mindhunter is his humor. It's like that dad jokes, but serious men who take themselves too seriously, but like troll each other with a straight face you know like that's Mm -hmm. that's him and so it was just really i was more so watching him watching mindhunter and more entertained by his reactions and Mm -hmm. the jokes because the jokes are super messed up and then he starts cracking up at the really messed up jokes and i'm like this is why i am the way i am like this Uh makes so much sense uh Mm -hmm. it's his fault uh but also we enjoyed it together, so family time. Yay! Let's family talk about time. let's talk about psychopaths and serial killers in the seventies. That's how my family I mean, does. That sounds um, correct. You know, uh, and so I did rewatch that. It's just so good. I hadn't seen it since it came out, and so mm-hmm. it's been a while. It's been like four years. I can't believe it's I was gonna been that say long. yeah. It's been a number of years since I. I'm watched so it. sad it ca- got canceled. It was so great, and yeah. like I was just waiting on a season three, and it never happened. So I rewatched that, but I also. This is my ADHD brain where I get um, motivated to watch a movie based on a composer. So, um, Kim, you know this about me, but fun fact, I I was in band in high school and college because uh, band geek. Same. Um, and so I played a lot of orchestral pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Clarinet. So, yes. But I also was an orchestra. Um, I know. I just knew that. I feel like I just. You, <laughs> I had to say what I. Okay. You, clarinet. You, I you played the clarinet. The cl- like yes. I, you just you can just tell, though, you're a clarinet player. But um, I I really love really great classical music, but I especially mm-hmm. love darker classical mm-hmm. music. And um, I went down this rabbit hole where I found someone on social meds who was suggesting a Spotify playlist for reading in the dark. It's what it was called. And so it was nice. all like orchestral spooky sounding nice. music. And I, I was putting it on while I was studying just to have background music. And I'm listening to this one song and I'm like, this sounds so familiar. I know this. This sounds like Penny Dreadful soundtrack. Like, this is what it sounds like. 
Turns out it's the Nocturnal Animals soundtrack uh, mm. composition by Abel mm-hmm. Kornzowski. I think that's how mm-hmm. you pronounce his last name. I could have okay. totally butchered that, but it's his music is so freaking good. And I had never seen Nocturnal Animals before. And so I was like, okay, I really like his music. I particularly like this um, composition. Like I would love to watch the movie and see. So it's got a slew of like really great cast of people, but Jake Gyllenhaal is like Hmm. incredible in it, like really phenomenal acting from him. Um, And Amy Adams is in it and don't love her character. Uh, I also really did not like the movie. Um, Mm. It just seems to be written by a man. I I remember that being said when it came out. Yeah, it's and it just feels brutal in ways that are unnecessary. Yeah. And um, because when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, this might be my cup of tea. And then I read about it. I was like, nope, never mind. And I watched it because of the music mostly. And I I just I heard that it was more of a noir like style film. And I was like, it sounds artsy and pretty. So like maybe Mm -hmm. I'll appreciate the music and the visual effects but it was just like anxiety ridden for me like i did not enjoy it um there was rape there was murder i I don't like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. in a film especially when there's like the brutalization of women Um, yeah unnecessarily yeah unnecessarily like multiple times um and it's a psychological thriller essentially um Mm -hmm. did not like the acting was great Music's great. Movie's terrible. Um, But that's I I haven't really watched anything else outside of (laughs) trash TV for the like 15 minutes after I'm done doing like 13 hours of work a day and passing out. So uh, that's what I've been watching lately. But um, I'm excited for the week after next when things start to chill out for a little bit, even though we always say that and it never does. (laughs) Oh, can I give a shout out to... Uh, another show I've been watching. Yeah. It's only, we're up through episode, I think just four, but the new season of Fargo started. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, and it's got uh, Juno Temple in it from um, Ted Lasso. Oh, nice. Uh, playing, you know, a Midwestern, <laughs> Minnesotan, kind of. It's a... It, it, uh, I'm completely hooked. I started watching it when I was in um, Medford with my folks, and we are all completely hooked. Uh, it's it's I I love that show. There, I think there was only one season that I didn't really care for, season three, but otherwise each season is has been a hit for me. And uh, there yeah, again, we're about four episodes in. I guess probably five by the time this episode releases. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really engaging really interesting it's got john ham in it playing nice. an absolutely horrible person oh that's not nice and you but you can i mean like it's got to be a a interesting challenge the kind of character he's playing like he's just he's horrible but he's killing it also he has, literally and um, figuratively eh, he's got nipple piercings so oh. uh it's if nothing else watch <laughs> it so you can see john ham's nipple piercings being pierced um and hanging wait out in they the show no the it just, you see you see him you oh. see his nipples being like you see that they are pierced that's the more correct way to phrase that excuse me like the, um, the act act of piercing the nipples he, he's hanging out naked in a hot tub like you do he gets out of the hot tub you see his nipples what can i say uh 
Sounds like a good time. It's it's uh it's it's really fantastic. It it you know like all season like I could try to go into what it's about, but I feel like it's Fargo. You kind of know knowing it's Fargo. You know what I, I mean? Like that that's it's it's just it's Fargo, man. If you like the previous seasons, you'll like this. If you like the movie and you've not watched the show, give the show a watch. It overall is really really good nice uh but that's been that's been the other like i've been watching that each week as it airs which is kind of fun i've been enjoying there's a couple shows i'm doing that with right now i'm watching them each week as they air i forgot how much i enjoyed that i actually get pissed off at that now (laughs) i think i've gotten so used to like binging stuff that when i have to wait i get mad it's making me appreciate what i'm watching more i can see that do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I like having, if you've got multiple things, you're like, okay, I'm going to look forward to this thing on this night and this thing on this night. And I'll do my puzzle and watch this episode. Uh, it's it's nice. I think sometimes it's, it's you know, we were talking about this when we were paused for a sec about the, the fall of the House of Usher, uh, yes. which I had also started watching. Um, and That's I'm actually so glad I've not just plowed through it because it's given me time to reflect and and to appreciate. Uh, in a way that when I just watch it in one fell swoop, I think sometimes gets lost. But uh, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of good things to watch right now. Nice. I know I need to get caught up. I've just been I haven't had time to watch anything. I've been doing a lot of work. So (laughs) but yes, anywho, thank you for listening. Happy holidays. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. And um Thanks for listening to us talk about feet. Um, yeah. If you like what we do and disembodied feet, um, head on over to Patreon. <laughs> give us your money. We'll give you some extra content. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you like what we do and you can't afford to do that, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can leave a review or a rating. And um, we also appreciate that very much. Mm-hmm. And thanks to our followers on the social meds who like to say hi to us. We appreciate you as well. And um, have a safe and happy holiday season. Uh-huh. Don't succumb to capitalism too much. And we hope that you have a lovely week. Uh, And thank you for listening. Having said that, stay. stay.